Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 173. I'm Kelly Roach, and you are listening to Unstoppable Success Radio, the podcast for achievers, believers, dreamers, and doers who want to build a profitable, sustainable business around a life of purpose, fulfillment, freedom, and family. Now let's get down to business. Super honored to have on Unstoppable Success Radio, one of the guys I look up to and admire most, Pat Flynn. Pat runs Smart Passive Income, a company that's all about helping teach entrepreneurs how to build a business their way and succeed online. He releases his income reports each and every month. He holds nothing back. He leads with heart. He gives back to the community, and he does everything possible to serve his audience in the most valuable valuable way possible. He runs over a million dollar business in smart passive income and he's going to drop some amazing knowledge bombs on us here today. So Pat, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kelly. Thank you to everybody else out there who is listening in today. I appreciate you. Absolutely. So, Pat, our audience is chock full of entrepreneurs and small business owners, and you know very well that the biggest challenge for this crowd is always struggling and feeling like they don't have enough time. Uh, you're right. the master. You're the master of passive income. Your brand has been built on this unbelievable mastery that you've created of passive income. So I'm hoping you can school us a little bit today on what it's taken to get there, uh, break down some of the myths and help us put some of the right things in place place in our businesses to be able to break that dollars for our struggle that entrepreneurs face every mm -hmm. single day. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, that's that's kind of my specialty. But I do want to say before we get started that there, even though my brand is smart passive income, there is no su such thing as 100% pure passive income where you can set it forever and 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 forget it. And that keyword is forever. You will still have to uh, keep things you know up to date and 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 make sure every all the systems are working and whatnot. Even with traditional forms of quote, passive income, such as, uh, you know, investing in the market or real estate, you still have to, even though that's considered quite passive, uh, you still have to upkeep those things and manage those assets. However, in the online business world, we can do the same thing where we spend time or invest time upfront to build systems of, of automation in these businesses that'll allow us to first serve an audience and help other people. Cause that's really what a successful business is all about. It's about helping people first and your earnings are the byproduct of the helping. Now, what's really cool is we live in the age where we can continually help people without us actually having to do it right then and there. And what I mean by that is for example, with my very first business that I started back in 2008, after I had gotten let go from an architectural position, which at the time I was just completely devastated. But of course, now I'm saying that's one of the best things to ever happen to me. Uh, the first business I created was helping people pass an exam in the architecture industry. And very simply, I wrote an ebook study guide to help people pass this exam. And the ebook part was very special because I could deliver that book to brand new customers immediately using the systems that I had. And there's even more today uh, available to us to allow us to deliver these things automatically when people pay. And so I would literally wake up the next morning after I started my online business and see more income in my PayPal account. And it was the craziest thing. Like I, I was still getting used to the fact that you didn't have to trade your time for dollars, that you could actually stop working for a few moments, but still have some, have things working for you. And that's really what this is all about. It's not you working for your business, but having your business work for you. And there's a lot of things involved with that. So I don't know where you want me to go, but that's sort of the overview of kind of why we're doing this. And I guess more deeper into the why is because it allows you to, to have 
some flexibility and freedom in your life with your time. You're sort of time shifting. So you might go through periods where you're going to be working really hard. None of this comes easy. That's for sure. It takes time. It takes a lot of effort and sweat. But then you can go on that three, four week vacation or travel or as Tim Ferriss calls it, you know, mini retirements, if you will. Um, and, you know, I found that to be the best thing to be able to with my young kids and my family to go to Disneyland on a random Tuesday because the weekends are always packed. You know, that kind of small thing adds up and it allows me and my wife to provide these amazing experiences to be there for our children all the time. And the other cool thing is, for example, we both, my wife and I take our kids to school and pick them up. And we're one of the only sort of husband and wife combo that, uh, that can do that, it, it seems. And we, we've even had other parents and teachers come up to us and say, how are you, do you, what did you guys win the lottery or something? And I'm like, no, this is my business and this is how I've structured it so I, I can do this. And they're always so enthralled and excited and, and want to learn more. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was shaking my head and kind of laughing with what you were saying there, Pat, because I remember the first time that I sold a course passively and mm -hmm. I saw it come through my email and I was like, holy crap, like, you know, it's it's that feeling that like, wow, it is possible. But there's two really, really important things that you said that I want to go back to just to set the parameters and the mindset for the discussion today, which sure. is you said it's not easy and it takes time. And I think it's super, super important for everyone listening to understand, you know, that passive income is something that you invest first and you mm -hmm. benefit later. It's not something that you try maybe for a few, a few weeks, you know, you set up a funnel, it doesn't work. And then, you know, there's no such thing as passive income. It, it's a plan and a process and really being invested in, in the long term of it. And I think maybe Pat, you could give us some insight, you know, just you're involved obviously in a lot of different types of businesses. You're an investor, mm -hmm. you're, you know, on boards and, and you set up passive income in, in a lot of different ways. You know, what are maybe some of the, the key things, the key milestones, and and maybe some of the timing expectations that people should really have if they're going to dedicate and trying to create passive income as a stream of revenue in their business. Sure. Well, going back to what you said earlier about what I said earlier, saying it's not easy <laughs> yes. and that it takes time. I, I'm really glad you called that out because that's that's something people see that my income reports online every month I write how much uh, I report on how much money I generate, where it all comes from, just to show people the, the reality of, of everything. And it doesn't always go up too. sometimes things go down or things disappear. And I talk about why in, in those income reports. But starting with the first one, not easy. It's definitely not easy to do. It's not push button easy. However, it is simple. You can simplify the processes for you, but it's not it's not easy. So it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's simple nature in, in terms of thinking about it and how it all works. You can definitely overcomplicate things. And that's where a lot of people struggle, especially with all this, all the technology and, and, and all everything involved. You can simplify it, but it's, it's still not going to be easy. And then in, in terms of taking time, yeah, it does take time, but not as much time as it would take to invest 40 years of your life to then finally be able to enjoy it during retirement. So it really narrows down the idea that, wow, you still have to work hard and it's still going to take some time, but it's not going to be as quick as a Google search. And we all want things instantly these days, right? We all go to Netflix and pick up, uh, you know, house of cards like right now, but it's going to take a little bit more time to grow your business. But in, in terms of timing, what is expected, it kind of depends on the way that you work and the niche that you select and, and, and how really gung ho you are about this. Like how much do you want this? And I feel like passion has a lot to do with this. And yes. by passion, I don't mean you don't, you, you don't need to necessarily have a, like a, a PhD in this thing that you're going to be teaching about as an expert. I mean, I, when I started my uh, lead exam website business after architecture kind of failed for me, 
uh, and that was an exam related to architecture. I was not an expert on that topic. However, because I was the one who I was, I, I had, I had to make it work because I was getting let go. Right. And I had just proposed to my girlfriend and I was, I wanted to start a family. So I was driven, I was committed and I did things that I wouldn't normally have done. And a lot of people ask me, Pat, if you hadn't gotten laid off, do you think you'd be doing what you do today? And I, I, I know for sure that I would not because I liked my job and I was comfortable there. But looking back now, I'm like, whoa, I'm so glad I got let, laid off and these opportunities were there. And I actually had the drive and the enthusiasm to take them because I wouldn't have known what it, w what it would have been like to, to be this happy. Uh, now, there are different kinds of businesses and each kind kind of takes a different sort of time frame to create and, and there's obviously a lot of variables there, but I can give you some insight on some of my history with my lead exam website. Um, that was actually up for about a year and a half until I finally started to see some income that was consistent and, and to the point at which it was similar to uh, or, or surpassed what I was making in architecture. And in my experience, the businesses that have done the, the best have taken over a year to get to the point at which I can then monetize them and actually start to see results. Because when you think about it, if you're trying to serve an audience and you are offering this help or you're offering these products, the first thing that has to happen before any purchases are made, before any email addresses are in your uh, you know, subscription list or anything, you have to earn the trust of your audience or those people. You have to in some way, shape or form show that you are the person that they should be going to when it comes to this expertise that you have or this product that you're offering. And building trust takes time. Building raving fans takes time. So that's really what it's all about. And then uh, as, as you start out, you're offering a lot of value. You're often providing things for free to show people that you have this expertise. And for me, I take the approach of just hit them over the head with as much free, amazing content as possible. Go over the top to a point where they will, they can't help but say, man, Pat's given me so much, I have to figure out what I can do to give back. Because the law of reciprocity definitely comes to play no matter what kind of business you have. Now, the one business that I created that took the least amount of time to see success with was, uh, was coaching, like any sort of coaching or, or freelancing or that sort of thing. Basically what that means is you have an expertise of some some kind of ta talent and there's another person out there in the world who needs somebody who has your talent but doesn't have that talent themselves so they're willing to pay for it so if you're starting out and you are sort of strapped for cash right now building a passive income business is going to take forever uh, not forever but it's going to take much longer than it would if you were to say hey i have this expertise this this is what i'm charging let's work together you're going to get paid much faster and what i also love about the technique of freelancing even though it's not completely uh it's completely not passive at all it's it's active income, if you will. Um, but what it does is in the industries that you're really interested in, I would freelance in the industries you're interested in so that you can begin to build relationships with people in that space so that you can understand the environment and that market map and how it all works so that you can, when it's, when it, when you get enough money or you get the ability to, or you finally find that problem that you're going to building, you're going to be building a solution for you, you can then uh, kind of branch out and do your own thing and then have it become passive. Also, I know a lot of people who have taken the approach of they're doing freelance kind of work like designers, if you will, but then they start to create sort of an agency behind it. So then they start hiring other people to do 
that work. And then they are the ones just managing the team. And that becomes a little bit more passive as well. Passive doesn't necessarily mean you have only software helping automate processes, but also hiring the right people to help do the work as well. And so that's, that's the f sort of first thing I always mention. Now there's other things like building niche websites, which are websites that provide a ton of value related to very specific niches. I have a couple niche sites in this, uh, security guard training niche and in the food truck, uh, industry. The reason those were selected, I actually, publicly showed the progression and start of those websites. And those were selected based off of keywords that I found in Google that were being searched for quite a bit, but actually didn't have a lot of great content to serve that audience. So I came in and I built these websites publicly on SPI, my website, and I just showed people how it was done. Uh, and then I've, I've done other things to generate an income passively, like write books and writing a book is, was one of the hardest things I, I've ever done, but also one of the most rewarding because not only am I able to generate a little bit of passive income here and there, you know, the books up on Amazon, on right now and anybody can get it. Maybe somebody's purchasing it right now and that's really cool. But more than that, I'm able to, uh, to, through my words and through the experience of this person reading the book, I'm able to build a relationship with them and that's done passively, which is really cool because the book is very much uh, who I am and what kinds of things I can provide. And so when somebody finishes reading that book on their own, I don't even know who these people are. They often reach out to me. They want to ask for help. They dive into my content. They get into parts of my website where there might be a transaction of some kind. And then, so it's a long-term game. And so I, I want people to also realize that, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can go here, a lot of opportunities, but it, like I said, will take some time. Um, I, and, and then, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, there's a lot of ways to go about it, but really it all comes down to, you know, how quickly can you build that trust with that audience? And also how, how good are you at developing relationships with other people who are in that space? That's the other sort of key factor in this formula that has really sprung me into success is getting connected with people and not even people who you may on the outside consider competitors. No, I, I consider them partners because you can combine forces. I mean, you think about on YouTube, a lot of these most popular channels, they always do call what's called share for shares, right? Or they, they feature each other on each other's shows and, and whatnot, and they're able to provide value and, uh, to, to each other. And what that does is it helps grow both audiences at the same time. And, um, and also it's fun. It's, it's, there's a lot of cool people out there and it's great to connect as you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so many golden things in, in everything that you just shared there. So thank you for breaking that down. You're welcome. Sorry. Yeah. A lot of stuff. No, that, no, that was great. But I want to go back to one thing that you said just for our own audience, for maybe some mm -hmm. of the newer entrepreneurs or, or those that are in, you know, early stages, which is starting off with coaching or freelancing. One of the things that I really focus in on with my clients is build your first hundred K by servicing high dollar clients. Then you have enough income coming in to hire your first person to invest in advertising, do audience building. And then it's a great opportunity, just like Pat just kind of walked us through and broke down to springboard that into maybe building a funnel where you can drive traffic and sell courses or, you know, whatever the case totally. is. Totally. I love yeah. that, Kelly. Because yeah. when you serve those high-end clients, right, you, you want to make sure that you are really there for them. They're going to they're gonna be high value. I mean, if you want to make 100K, find one client for $100,000, right? Or two clients at 50,000 mm -hmm. or four clients at 25,000. Like, but at that level, you still need to really be there for them. But then after you get gain this expertise, after you're connected with a lot of these higher-end people, other people are going to want your services too that, you know, probably cannot afford you for $25,000 a year or, or whatever the case may be, even thousands. But that gives you an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I know I'm, I'm pretty expensive here and I know you can't afford me right now, but guess what? I have a lot of the content that I share with my clients 
all ready for you in a packaged yes. digital product that you can get actually for a fraction of that price. It'll walk you through the process. I won't be there with you to answer your questions, but I've answered as many questions as I could and I walk you through that process. And here it is right here. And what I love about that is your consultation price or your coaching price anchors that price of that course. So it makes it really easy for you to then sell a higher end digital product versus starting from scratch, building an audience and then saying, Hey, let's, uh, you know, I want to charge you $200 and 90 or $2 or no, excuse me, $299 for this digital course. Well, who are you? I, I mean, I don't like, that's exactly. pretty expensive for yeah. a digital course, but if you charge $5,000 a month per client, well then $299 does not sound crazy at all. And it's a very natural progression at that point. And, and that's, you know, that's exactly the progression that we want to help our audience members to go through is you going from one-on-one to then group to then courses, the then digital products, books, and, and the demand grows and your audience builds. And I know for me, Pat, and I don't know if it was the same thing for you as well, but when I first started my business, the biggest thing that I struggled with was I, I understood the concept of needing a platform and I understood the concept of needing an audience, but I truly truly did not understand how to connect the dots between where I was servicing one-on-one -on -one clients and building that audience. Now, fast forward to today with podcasting, I wish mm -hmm. I say to people all the time, I wish it was the first thing that I did in my business because it's been the best <laughs> thing. I know you obviously used your, your podcast as a big part of your business too, but one of the other things that you mentioned here today that I think people really need to understand, and I wanna circle back to for one second before we transition, is mm -hmm. you talked about giving first, you talked about caring first, you talked about serving first, and, and you talked about making a difference for people by giving of yourself and building that relationship over time. And I think sometimes when people see the level of success that they want online and where they wanna take their business, they're wondering how those dots connect. And those dots connect by getting out there and putting yourself in the public eye and serving in a big way consistently, and then all of these other things follow really naturally from there. Is there has your experience been the same, Pat? Is there anything you want to add or, or tag onto that? Yeah, you know, when I first started out, I started out as a blogger and, you know, I was really enjoying that process. I loved how I could edit my posts. I didn't have to worry so much about being on camera or being on the microphone and, and, and whatnot. And then I kind of branched out to YouTube and then podcasting. Podcasting was my sort of third platform, which was in 2010. And I, like you, wish I had only done it um, sooner. But when I was starting out, I would kind of post information about what I thought people would want to want to hear. And then I would start to, you know, look into the comment section and and kind of dive into the questions and then start to generate content ideas from there as well. But when I then started to actually talk to people in real life and go to conferences and meet people and actually be able to dig into exactly what they were needing, what their pains, what their issues were, that allowed me to really get clear in my head in terms of, okay, this is the kind of stuff that I should be creating or wow, there is a huge product opportunity here. And none of that stuff was obvious to me at first. It was only after, like you said, you go out there, you put yourself out there and you just ask questions on how, how, how can you better serve them or what are the big things that they're struggling with right now? That's, that's like the number one question you should ask any target audience is, Hey, what are you struggling with right now? Because everybody will pay for something to be or to, to, to experience less struggle or to have more convenience. And that's where you want to come in and start to dive into that into that market research so that you can figure out what your position is and then and then go from there. And so one thing that I do, even even at my level with a email list of over almost 200,000 people now, every month I make an effort 
to reach out to 10 people randomly on my email list. It's really funny when I reach out to them because they think it's an automated email, yeah. but they're, <laughs> they're really surprised. And then I, and I literally say, Hey, let's get on the phone. Let's get on Skype. I want to talk to you for 15 minutes. Sometimes they go much longer. I've, I talked to one person in that way one time for two and a half hours because I couldn't stop loving the conversation in terms of hearing about, okay, well, this person's story and what they were going through and what I could do to better serve them, what they liked about my site, what they didn't like about it, what they liked about other people, what I should be incorporating into my own stuff. And seriously, some of the most golden information has come out of those conversations directly with my target audience. And I would highly recommend that if you're doing anything right now to serve your audience, to serve any audience of any type, Try to get on one call and get on the phone with them and ask questions, dig deeper. Oh, why do you feel like that? Well, what's something you're struggling with? What's something you do every day that you just hate doing? Those, I mean, that's a great question if you want to build software. What's one thing you do every day repetitively that when you do it, you just are disgusted and you wish you there was some way to automate it? Well, boom, there's your software idea right there. So only through conversation can you truly understand and also like I said, it's all about serving. You can empath empathize, empathize. I can't say it right now. Empathize. <laughs> That's I, weird. I know where you can go. feel empathy for your audience. Exactly. That way. And it becomes, it, it becomes something real. You're not just doing it for like this made up avatar that you have, right? You're, it's for the person you actually spoke to and you can hear their voice when you're recording their, your podcast episode, when they're like, you're imagining that actual person right there on the other side of the microphone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's very clear to see the things that you've created, like the smart, smart podcast player, which we love, which served a very specific need. It filled a gap. Will it fly your book? And now your new course, Smart from Scratch, which I want to talk to you about here today, that you have a very precision architecture-like way of going about <laughs> creating these things. You can tell that they're not out of left field, but that there's so much intention around filling a specific need. And, and I really appreciate that you could share how you're specifically gaining that information because maybe people would think someone at your level wouldn't take the time to do that. But it, it clearly gives you a competitive advantage when you do go to create something new because instead of theoretically coming up with what you're going to do, it's based on real information from real people that are going to be ultimately buying it. Right. When I've approached business without considering who that business is for and what that product's going to be about and how it's going to help people. I've always failed. There was one trouble yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there was one time in 2010 or 11, I think when a couple of my friends created WordPress plugins, which are like little pieces of software that you can add onto your website to make it easy to do like really cool things. And they both launched within a month from each other, uh, in, in completely different sort of niches within that space. And they each generated over six figures within about a couple weeks during their launch period. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I have a little bit of income I can spare. I need to make software too. So I immediately came up with this idea and then I found a WordPress developer and I paid him half of what we were gonna be ended. Uh, I, I paid him five grand right then and there to start working on this thing that I told him about. I wrote a huge email to kind of describe what I wanted. And then this project that was only supposed to take uh, $7,500 and, and uh, four or five weeks ended up taking $15,000 and six months to do because there was so much confusion. There was so much unknown. And I was getting mad at my developer because he wasn't doing what I wanted him to. But I finally realized in retrospect that it was completely my fault because A, I rushed into it and I said, hey, just do this. And when you work with a developer of any kind or anybody doing any kind of work for you, the more specific you can be, the better. And I was not specific at all. And with developers, especially ones that are overseas, they're going to fill in those gaps for you. And so we just had a lot of back and forth. Additionally, 
it's obvious that I was just chasing money. I never even talked to anybody about this idea right. because I, I wanted to hold it as a secret. And I started talking about the fact that I had this these, this really cool plugin coming out and guys get ready for it. It's going to be awesome. And then when it finally came out, I, sh I did share it with a couple friends. Uh, this was after the 15 grand was spent and there was finally something that I could share. Uh, these guys were like, Pat, the, um, Okay. I mean, it's kind of cool, but I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know. Uh, and, I, and I was like, what? No, like you're supposed to love this. I love this. Why don't you love it? But it, guess what? It's not about what I want. It's about what the audience wants. And so I never even put that, uh, that plugin into, into market. And, and it was a huge $15,000 lesson. So that's why now I have a very architectural approach. And in architecture, when you build something, I mean, you have to go through years of licensing and, and schooling. Why? Because when you build a building, you know, people live in that building. If you right. build it poorly, you're going to kill people. <laughs> and so the same thing goes with your online business, right? You're not going to kill people, but you are going to kill yourself and you're going to let a lot of people down if you don't take the right approach. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's such an important lesson for every entrepreneur. And even though we've all learned that lesson the hard way, I think for the most part, it's still very easy to get caught in that trap over and over again. So that's why, you know, will it fly? Um, <laughs> definitely, there's there's a solution to that problem. Um, so Pat, I know this year you're making some big shifts in your business. I know you've also laid out some big goals for your business that you've shared with your community, which is awesome that you're, you know, so open like that. And, you know, I I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, what some of the top strategies that you plan on leveraging in these next 12 months in your business are going to be. And maybe talk a little bit to some of the shifts that you're making in your business right now and how you see that playing out, you know, in achieving this next big leap in your business. Yeah, I mean, for those of you who've followed me or maybe uh, if, if you just kind of know a little bit about me, you know that I post these income reports, like I said, and a majority of my income comes from what's called affiliate marketing. So this is where you build a, an audience and you build trust with them and then you recommend products that uh, t to them from other companies or other people and you can get a commission if people end up clicking through those special links that you have on your website and end up making a purchase, which is really cool. I've made over a million dollars in affiliate earnings in 2016, which is which is awesome and amazing. However, it's also very dangerous because if you build your business relying on other businesses or other people and their success, well, then you are potentially putting yourself into a trap because at any time, you know, my top affiliate partners, for example, could just say, Pat, you know, we're done working with you or we got bought out. They don't want to do affiliate marketing yeah. or maybe they get bought out and they, 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 they exit or whatever. That's very dangerous. So I need to sh make a shift and have my own stuff now finally and stuff meaning my own products, my own courses where now, now I'm not just saying, Hey guys, if you want to learn how to do this, here's a uh, name, insert name here. They have a great course go, they'll take care of you. Now I can have my own course teach in my own way, the way that people are used to on my yeah. website after I built trust with them and I get to keep them in my ecosystem. So not only am I helping them and I'm serving them more, which will allow me to build an even deeper relationship with them, but now I know I'm going to keep them for much longer. Now I know that they're also going to continually share my stuff as well and potentially even become, you know, a massive raving fan. So I am making shifts in my businesses here from affiliate marketing to to my own product development. Now, that being said, I would still love to keep affiliate marketing where it's at and yep. just have my own products kind of match that. So my goal is to earn uh, over $2 million in 2017. We are currently right on the money right now in, ter uh, in terms of how far we are in January, but we're only just a you know, a couple of weeks in. So, uh, I've got a lot of work to do, but we, we are putting things into place. My team and I were working on refining a course that was actually already launched 
last year. Now, it was only launched to a small segment of my email list and a very small portion of my audience and to a very limited number of them. It was it's called like a like a beta group. We called them the founders group, but they're massively important. They were the first people to, to enter this course. The course was just barely the minimum of what it should be, but they got access to it because they wanted that information early. And of course, it still provided value, but there were no fancy graphics on the videos and there were just minimal amounts of, you know, uh, decoration here and there. Um, but it was massively valuable for me as a course creator because as they go through the course, I can collect feedback to make it even better so that by the time I launch it in February, it's going to be amazing and it's going to be exactly what it needs to be. And so I'm not even guessing anymore. Now I know this is something that people want and will benefit from if they're just starting out. And I'm so confident in the fact that this is going to be the next big thing for me that I'm, I'm putting a lot of uh, effort and time into it right now. And then potentially it's going to start this sort of sequence or rhythm of courses that are coming out in the future, which are very specific uh, solutions to the specific problems that my audience has. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm also working on book number two right now. Uh, so the first book was uh, Will It Fly, which did very well, became a Wall Street Journal bestseller as a self-published book, uh, which I'm super stoked about. But this year I'm working on another book and that's going to be my first dive into traditional publishing just because I want to see what it's like. Yes, I can make more money through self-publishing and, and producing those on my own and selling them at a much higher markup than what it costs to produce them. But I want to see how far a traditionally published book can go versus what I could do with self-publishing. And also, uh, it's, it's one that I feel like needs to be in on, on every person's bookshelf. So I'm going to hopefully get into bookstores and, you know, we'll see what happens, but th those are the, you know, those are two major things that are going to be happening this year. And I've already started writing the book too. Super exciting. And, and by the way, becoming a wall street journal bestseller with a self-published book is extraordinarily difficult. Yeah. I didn't um, even know that was possible. Yeah. I was, I mean, I was so surprised. I had to back up to that for one second because, you know, I, I don't know if people realize like the quantum energy and effort and passion and audience and work that it takes to do that. So, you know, congrats on that, Pat. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and really, you said it, it's the audience. I mean, I'm so thankful and blessed to have this amazing community who's there to support me. And, you know, I, I love the relationship we have because I'm here to help them. And in turn, they help me and that allows me to help them even more. Definitely. So, you know, obviously you have two different podcasts, right? You have Ask Pat, you have Smart Passive Income. Yep. Two podcasts. One of them is the 45 minute to one hour show, which happens once a week. And the other one, Ask Pat, answers voicemail questions from the audience five days a week. Yeah, perfect. So what would you say if you look at this next million dollars that you want to add to your business? I would guess that the the relationship with your audience through the podcast is a huge part of that. And obviously people are streaming in all the time. But what else would you say are going to be your big drivers in 2017 to help you to achieve this next big goal? Yeah, I mean, the podcast, like you said, has been massively helpful. I will definitely be, you know, giving a shout out to my courses and, and, and other projects on those podcasts. And for me, the podcast, and I'm sure you're feeling this too, it's 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 one of the best ways to uh, scale the relationship building process because, you know, the people listening right now, you're listening to our voice, you are hearing our, uh, our, you know, we're having fun, we're passionate, you could feel it in our voices, like that sort of thing is, is really important. And so continually building trust with my audiences is, is obviously the number one thing. But in 2017, I am going to be doing something I've really never done before. And that's partly because I've never had my own products to sell. Uh, and that is advertising. So I'm going to be spending advertising dollars and really starting to dive into that. I don't know. I hardly know anything about it. However, I do know a lot of people who know a lot about it. So that's where, again, the relationship building comes into play. So I can go to my friends, Rick Mulready or Amy Porterfield and ask for advice or at least, um, you know, pay for their courses and, and really learn from who I know is an expert at Facebook advertising so that 
I can get it to a point where, and this is the beauty of Facebook uh, advertising because numbers are so important and conversions and whatnot, you can actually track things so well that you can understand how much you're paying for versus how much you, you are earning from what it is you're paying for. So I want to get it to a point where basically it just becomes a, a cash machine where you put a quarter in and you get a dollar out. Yes. Well, heck, I'm going to put as many quarters as I can if that's the case. So that's that's kind of the goal behind Facebook marketing to tweak it to get to that point. But it's not easy, that's for sure. And so I'm going to be uh, approaching that this year. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun and, and, and pretty exciting. Yeah, no, that is super exciting. Actually, it's so funny. I just put my marketing manager, Stephanie, in Rick's private group. Um, because, oh, cool. yeah, we're working on bringing Facebook advertising in-house for our company for the first time this year. And it is not an easy feat. <laughs> it no, is it's not. very overwhelming. It is. It is. And it takes a lot of patience. And for, you know, and I'm sure you're the same way. When you're super type A and you're a driver and you want to move fast and you want to get stuff done and keep moving to the next thing and you have to test and test and test. It is definitely sure. a uh, question of patience and determination, but that is awesome. So you're going to kill it this year, obviously, Pat. Um, Thank you, I, I'm a firm believer that energy is everything. Obviously, you're a person that leads with a huge amount of heart and energy, integrity and authenticity. And, and you know, you serve first. Thank you for that. Um, what kind of parting words would you have for our audience just about, you know, number one, your personal rituals for success and what you believe is behind the, the beautiful brand that you've built and then just any, you know, advice that you want to leave them with? Sure. Well, I mean, we've said it, I don't know, 100,000 times on this episode already, but serve first. That's really what it's all about. Keep your audience uh, and your customers, you know, at the top of your priority list. Make sure that happens and then everything else will kind of fall into place uh, from there for sure. Um, but I would, I would also say that what really contributes to my success is um, I'm always on a continual journey of personal development and learning. So never stop learning, ne never stop trying to uh, become a better person in, in all different aspects of your life from health and fitness to, uh, you know, the relationship you have with your spouse. I mean, they all interplay with each other. I mean, I can't tell you how like wh when my wife and I, we get into a little quarrel, like I can't do my work and I don't. Work, I, I mean, maybe I work out a little bit harder because I'm upset or whatever, but uh, everything kind of has to go together. And so making sure those checks and balances are into place. And like I said, my relationship with my wife is so amazing and she's always there to be very uh, supportive of me. And I'm so thankful for that. And, and uh, this goes back to what we talked about earlier, the relationships. It's not just with the people immediately around you, but also the other people in the world that you're in in terms of your business, you know, make friends, join mastermind groups, get together, hold each other accountable, be there, love each other, all that sort of stuff. And then finally, my final piece of advice is to uh, fail fast, you know, put the work in, do take bigger, bolder actions because that's how you make movements. Don't just work to stay busy, but are you and, you know, check in with yourself every once in a while. Uh, is the work that you're doing right now actually something that's helping you progress toward your goals or is it something that you're just doing to stay busy? Always make sure that what you're working on is helping you with completing that next task on your list or that next project that you're working on. And then if it doesn't work out, well, learn from your mistakes and get up and keep going. That's all you have to do. Brilliant advice. Thank you so much. And Pat, is there any specific resource or guide, any key uh, thing that you'd like to drive our audience to today that you think that they could benefit from? Um, of, of my own mm -hmm. or just yeah. anything? Oh, oh, thank you for that. I, <laughs> I appreciate course. it. Uh, well, we mentioned Will It Fly earlier. I think at any point in any person's journey in business, uh, the advice in Will It Fly will be really helpful because it's going to help you validate your next idea and make sure that it's not only aligns with the market that you're getting into, but also aligns with yourself and who you are and what your strengths are to make sure that you can actually put the energy needed into it 
for it to, to, to succeed. And so that's my book, Will It Fly? Uh, you can find it at willitflybook.com. The audio version is really cool too. And uh, you can find that on Audible. So, um, and then of course my website, smartpassiveincome.com, everything that you um, need is, is there. Awesome. Pat, amazing, amazing. Thank you for everything that you shared today. You are a master. Keep doing your thing. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.